Welcome to today's episode of My Best Fell. Today we're going to be meeting my friend Jen Obenchain. Jen has a great story of transformation about how if you change your mindset, you truly can change your life. Jen, I am so excited to share your story with everybody today. I find it so inspiring. I remember you were surprised that I was so interested in your story. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more because okay. you need to be, you need to know that you're totally rocking your life. So <laughs> you tend to be very humble about the things that you, you've accomplished. As we go through your story, people are going to hear that you changed your mindset and you changed your life. So yeah. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to start the story where okay. it began for me as I entered your story. And we'll delve in a little bit deeper about you know, certain events and what led up to okay. that. But for me, I remember we were working on the same team yep. and you and I connected over our fingernails and our fingernail yep. polish. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember you would walk by my desk and I would always notice that you had like perfect nails and all these cool colors. And it's funny. It is a, it is a girly thing. But I remember that's how we connected yeah. and how we started talking and finding yeah. out more and sharing more about each other's lives, right? Yeah. And then I remember, I think it was in the fall going into the winter because it was really dark. Yeah. And you were sitting where your desk was, was kind of tucked into a corner and we were both working late. There was only a couple people there. It was mostly just you and I in the back yeah. there. Didn't the lights, overhead lights turn yeah, off at some point? Yeah. I but I remember because I came over and I said, Jen, what are you, what are you doing here so late? Yeah. And you were like, well, what are you doing here so late? And we realized that we were just too tired to drive home. Yeah. And, so, and then we, I just kind of settled in back there with you, and we just started talking. And it's where I got to know you. You told me your story. Yeah. We had got out. We got to get coffee. And and you opened up to me about something, because we had been talking about our life and what our plans were and what our yeah. goals were. And I remember that you were a little reticent about... When we're talking about, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to, if you get promoted, are you, what, what is your career thing? What are, what yeah. are your hobbies? You hesitated and just said, oh, it's, you know, it's all about work and this is what I do. Yeah. And then I remember when we were standing in the hallway and we were walking back, you just kind of opened up to me about something that you felt was really holding you back. And it was almost, you just like revealed something to me. It's like you needed to tell somebody and you were ready. Do you remember that? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, at least at the time, I wasn't telling a lot of people about because it's like, it didn't want to draw even more attention because I thought all eyes were on me. And it was part of the reason why I was stuck. It's not like I would just naturally disclose that. It just, I, I think at that point, you know, in the conversation, I was already feeling comfortable or maybe I was just ready to unburden myself I, of it, you I know. I totally agree. You can't heal from something that you don't reveal. So at that point in time, it had been progressively over the period of like 10, 15 years, my teeth had become progressively worse and worse. Crooked, crowding, gum issues. I stopped smiling, showing my teeth. If I talked or ate in front of other people, I would cover my mouth. I would review photos to make sure that my teeth weren't showing just because that is all I could see when I looked at myself, this jacked up girl. You know, I'd had a lot of orthodontia when I was a kid, like really young. And so part of me felt like I screwed it up. I didn't take care of it. You know, growing up in a household where my 
mother had dental issues and she was, she was really self-conscious and she never smiled with her whole mouth and would, you know, and so I kind of, I think inherited that a little bit and it really in my head became the reason or one of the reasons why I wasn't ever going to be able to move forward in my head. This was so real. It's like you get to a certain point in your in your career and you become aware, you, you know, read articles, how important your appearance is to like professional image. And I'm like, well, I, I look like this. I'm not going to progress. You know, it became the reason why no one was ever going to want to be in a relationship with me. The way that I, I felt and saw my overall appearance, like my teeth and my dental situation, where it just like laser like focus on that of this is why. I think that is one of the things that led to the conversation because I had never seen you smiling so much. When we were sitting there and talking, yeah. nobody was around us. I'm, I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I, I said to you, I don't, I've never seen you this animated. And I go, it's so nice to see you smiling yeah. because you're always involved in work and stuff. I go, it's so nice to see you smiling. Yeah. And I remember we just talked about a little bit about the stories that we tell ourselves <sighs> Are, are so damaging, especially yeah. if it skews the, the perception or the reality where everything that you weren't doing in your life, yeah. you started blaming on your teeth. Yeah. It is so easy to have compassion for other people, but mm -hmm. it, it's like when you to have this story about yourself and to treat yourself with the same compassion, that that's huge. I was just on the edge of being in that space where I could like offer myself a little bit more compa compassion yeah. rather than being in this shame and blame of, you know, these, my teeth are like this because I started smoking and because I am like too freaked out now by dentists because they make me feel bad about what I've done to my teeth. You know, oh, so, so like you were, you, you were stuck because of your teeth, but you had all this shame and guilt because you felt like you're, you caused all of this yeah. and you did all your fault. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I hate that those dentists were telling you that. Yeah. I mean, now years in retrospect, and I, I think I just had a conversation with a, another friend about this, you know, professionals who are kind of in these positions that I, I think they're well-intentioned, but they, they don't know how damaging that message can be when you're already feeling like you're you're screwing everything up or you're you're stuck in a rut you yeah. know to hear like well why'd you let, let it get so bad and it's like, i didn't mean to well you know, I, <laughs> I have the same story with my teeth yeah right? i had i was supposed to have um braces when i was younger there was a lot of kids yeah. in our family and i was in ninth grade and i had a boyfriend and i refused to get braces and my mom was like fine <laughs> get in line because she had other kids that she had to do. But yeah. And that was the, my first mistake because I'm a grinder and my teeth are off. Yeah. And every single time I went to the dentist from, you know, when I, even when I started, you know, moved out of the house and I was seeing dentists on my own, every single dentist, my entire life said, Diana, you have to have braces. Mm -hmm. You're a grinder and you're going to have problems when you get older, but I had healthy teeth. Right. Yeah. And I didn't want to wear braces because yeah. I'm totally vain glorious. And I did not <laughs> want to wear braces. Right. Um, and all I was like, I, all I could imagine was me like having food stuck in my teeth and, you know, spitting and lisping and stuff. And I refused to do it my yeah. whole life. And it finally got to the point where my dentist in my 40s said, Diana, you have a grinding line on your teeth. And unless you, you're going to bite into a marshmallow and your teeth are all going to break off. And he's like, you have hit the point where you cannot ignore this yeah. anymore. But I didn't have... 
I had guilt about it because like I knew that I should have when I was younger do it. Yeah. But I didn't associate stuff with it. Like it wasn't as heavy for me as yeah. you had created this heaviness about you. Yeah. And you really truly felt like, like I remember you told me, I, the way that I look, I'm never going to date. I'm never going to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you were nervous about even presenting more at work because mm-hmm. you didn't want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be the focus of something because you felt like everybody was going to focus on your teeth. <laughs> and of course, you know, after you told me that, remember, all I did was stare at your teeth. Remember, you were yeah. talking and you were like, Diane, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I it's like, just because yeah. you, you, know, you, you drew attention to it, right? Yeah. But I, even then, I was like, it's not what you think. And I was sad for you yeah. because you got very open and emotional with me about how. This was just a roadblock for you, and you were so ready. Yeah. I mean, I think that you and I had that conversation at the perfect time. You yeah. were so ready to let it go. Well, and also, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just about my teeth. No. You know? Well, it and never is, right? It, it, yeah. it, was, it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it was like also kind of the emotional or emotional health state I was in during that phase of my life, but it's easier to sometimes to chalk it up to the reason being something you have control over. And you don't have to work at. Yeah. And it was like, and at the time, you know, thinking that everything was so far gone that it was going to be easier to just let it go all to hell rather than to, to start to work to fix it because it was like, Oh, they can't fix it. But, so, they, but they did. Yeah. You're, you're on that journey now. I, uh, yeah. It's been a long, long journey, but yeah. Well, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So just, so that was about 2013, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. Walk us forward to where you are today because okay. I find it astonishing okay. how you just literally, it's almost like you got out of your desk, you got out of your seat and you just start, you just came alive. Yeah, it's funny. So I think after that, yeah, I met with the with the periodontist, started the process of at least like healing my gums and making sure that my mouth was healthy. And I think around the same time, I started practicing yoga, which was a huge, huge, huge life changing thing for me in terms of not just the physical aspect, but really kind of meeting people and and entering kind of this community of people who were intentionally kind of rewriting those internal stories about themselves. So that was really huge for me. I quit smoking for good. I haven't started again. That's huge. Yeah, I forget. I forget that I ever smoked. (laughs) And it's been, what, 10 years then? About almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when you told me that you had started taking yoga and I was just kind of shocked by that because you had told me that you don't even really move, right? That you get up, you go to work, you sit at your desk all day and then you go home and you sit with your cats and watch TV and then you go to bed and do it all over again, right? So now you were up and doing all these things and... I just was not a physically healthy person. I wasn't an emotionally healthy person either, but physically I was inactive. I smoked. I was overweight. I had dangerously high blood pressure. I, and then on top of all of it, just like this deep, deep, deep insecurity about the way that I looked and not just about the way that I looked, this fear of being seen 
and people like watching me. Mm. And in this class, my my friend asked if I could help her demo how to get into a handstand, or I think it was some sort of avert and in, inversion. I'd never done one before on my own. <laughs> and I don't think I've done one on my own since. But I just, I think in that moment, I decided to trust her rather than that voice in my head that, oh, I can't do this. But the fear of, okay, I'm in this class with these like real thin willy, willowy, you know, yeah. yogis and here I'm going to be the big girl up in an, an invert, an inversion and but do you remember what you told me that you that you thought about her that was the thing that gave you strength you said you know I trusted her yeah she's she saw how I had progressed yeah she knew what my strengths and weaknesses were she would have she does not want to embarrass me she only she's yeah. only here to encourage me yeah she would never have asked me to come up if unless she truly believed I could do it and yeah. you're like that faith in me is what I said. Okay, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to try it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love mean, that. Yeah, it really, it really was. Because at a certain point, it, I, I think that I, part of this whole journey was maybe, maybe the information that I have on myself. Maybe I'm not always the most reliable judge, you know. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, you should, probably shouldn't be that concerned with other people. We're always so harsh with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Harsher yeah. than we are for and, other people. So it was like I trust this person. This person cares for me. This person wants to wants to help me. She does not want to embarrass me or uh, risk me injuring myself. I'm in a situation where I'm safe, yeah. you know, and and I'm just going to do it. She believes I can do it. I am going to do it. Yeah, yeah because it's and you like did. yeah, and I did. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was it was so much fun. I um, yeah, you say that now. I was like, oh, I I. Haven't gone upside down in a while. That was amazing. You posted the picture, and you just looked like that was second nature for you to be standing on your head like that, and you look great. I I was so inspired that, especially because I knew from where you had, from when we had that conversation, and now you were in yoga doing handstands, and you were posting pictures of it. It Yeah, huge. I mean, because that was another step in that journey. But it was changing you at work too. Yeah. Because you were, were starting to really kind of come out of kind of hiding. Yeah. You were smiling more. Yeah. You were engaging more at meetings. Yeah. And you weren't always in your desk. And then after that, not in your desk, like you were hiding in your desk. <laughs> you were always just Okay, sitting. sometimes I was, yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah, I was under the desk. But no, you were just kind of hiding back in that corner. And then, so after that, is that when you got the motorcycle? No, no. no. So lead us through your different, so these are all achievements. So let's go walk through So, yeah, so started practicing yoga, started running, got into a handstand. Well, wait a second. So that's another big thing too. I'm not going to let you off the hook because I know that you always just think, oh, if I could, it's not that hard. And and I'm like, well, it was. It was a big shift for you. Yeah. You didn't just go out and start running. You were running and you started entering races. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, again, another way to rewrite that that story because it's like I was, I was the kid who in like elementary school was slower than everyone else, and so playing tag really sucked, <laughs> and so you know getting picked last. So I I was just the girl who instead of running and playing at recess, I just sit on on the bleachers and read a book. It was safer. I couldn't win. And it was safer. Yeah. And it was safer. I couldn't win. I couldn't compete and so part of like starting to run was like 
I learned we measure the wrong things. It's not, maybe not how fast you get there. It's how long you can do it, (laughs) you know, and running was and has been really great for me. I do, I do some really great thinking when I run. Mm -hmm. I think what it did was it, it was again, like that story of, I can't do it. I'm too slow. It doesn't really matter, you know, because when it, you do a 5K or a 10K, I, I did a half marathon last summer. Was I in, in the top quarter? No. I, you know, I was. But in, you were doing it. I was doing it. Yeah. And I remember the first 5K I ran looking at the, like where I was in the finish, like after, after the race, and I was right in the middle. I was perfectly average. <laughs> and, you know, it's yeah. like. For that 10-year-old who couldn't keep up with anybody, I, I feel really good about being average. You know, it was, it was pretty But nice. you know what the thing is, too? There's a point when people start talking about what are you doing this weekend or mm-hmm. what, did, you know, what kind of things do you have coming up and stuff. If you're not doing anything besides working and you don't really have any hobbies and all, you, you go to work and then you come home. You get up, you go mm-hmm. to work and come home. And at some point, that narrative even changes. And you hear your story out loud when I say, oh, you, you know, Jen, what did you do last weekend? Oh, I just ran a 5K. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, just like, you know, and I've been building up and doing this. And I think I'm going to do a half marathon. Yeah. And that came out of the blue. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden, that has to be fun to be able to contribute to the conversation and show that you're kind of becoming an athlete. Uh, yeah. Because if you're doing handstands and yoga and you're running 10Ks and half marathons, in my head, my perception of you is that you're an athlete. Yeah, I told someone over over the summer, first time in my life I self-identified myself, I'm a runner. Yeah. And they're and they're like, Well, what's your pace? I'm like, No, 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 we're not talking <laughs> about that. Yeah. I'm a runner because I run. Yeah. And that's that's really the only bar to entry yeah. <laughs> you know that you have to meet. And, and you obviously love it because you're still doing it. Yeah, I do. It uh I, yeah, I go a little slower, a little shorter distances these days. But doesn't matter, you're still doing it. It's yeah, awesome. and what did that lead to? Because it seems like everything that you've branched out, it leads to something else. And yeah. along this, this journey, getting your teeth fixed, you're going through the different stages. Yeah. And I remember you told me it was like, what, a seven to eight year? It was going to be like seven to eight years? It, yeah. And that, it, that had been that, the first that, prognosis. Yeah. yeah. That was, and it, you know, it, it's still ongoing, but yeah. with the changes that were taking place, not just like the external, but like kind of rewiring myself. You know, initially the work to kind of address what was going on with my mouth seemed so overwhelming and so daunting and that it was never going to be worth the effort. And then, you know, with that internal shift, it became more like, okay, it's a process, just one step at a time. Don't worry about what it, what's at the other end of it. Don't, don't worry about, just start, yeah. you know, don't have to worry about finishing it. Just start. And I think that was, you know, because that was really, you know, before that shift, that was really where my mindset was at was like, why even bother starting? You know, I'm, I'm already screwed. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, Or it's just not going to get better. It's It's not not going to get any better. And you don't know that until you start doing things. Yeah. And it's just like everything sounds so, you know, basic, but the more you do, the more you do, yeah, and the more things you do, the more people you meet, the more opportunities come your way, yeah. and your world expands. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, which is exactly what happened to you. Yeah, right? and well, and it's funny. So it's like 
I started feeling better about my my mouth and my and my smile and I had, was feeling better in my body and about my body mm-hmm. and my life went from being just like either working or spending my off time on my couch with my cats to actually doing things and having things to talk about. So I'm like, you know, oh, let me try dating. (laughs) So, you know, even that was with like this shift in mindset that I didn't really have before. Before when I tried to date or date online, it would be like, oh, I'm never going to find somebody. And I, I think this was I, I kind of laugh now because it was like I went into it from this this point of uh, almost arrogance of I'm doing this to let other people have the chance to get to know me. It really did change the experience. I mean, met a lot of really great guys. You know, some of them are still my friends. And you met them too as this new, not like it was the new gen. Yeah. But you met them with this new energy. Yeah. And this, and you're you're active, and you're doing things, and you're feeling better about yourself, and it's you're starting to kind of eat up life, and so they're meeting you. They're meeting that gen. Yeah. And you didn't have to feel bad about their saying, "Oh, what do you do?" And you're just sitting at your Nothing. at your desk at work, <laughs> and you don't really have any hobbies, right? Yeah. Because really good energy attracts really good energy. It yeah. just does. It starts opening up doors, and you just people start coming into your life. You know? Yeah. Not just even if they're going to end up being a boyfriend or something, yeah. but people that affect you your yoga teacher well again it's kind of like the the whole thing about starting to take care of my teeth it's like just start that is the basis of everything don't you think yeah just do the thing just just do the thing just 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 start and it doesn't even matter if you fail right of course you don't start things planning to fail but it doesn't matter because then you just rebound and you come back and you just do it better right yeah and if you never failed you don't learn any lessons yeah, I I think that's the the one thing that I really had to learn. It it's like you can either avoid failure and you can avoid loss, and doing that, I I did that. I did that yeah. for over a decade, thinking that I was avoiding pain mm-hmm. and avoiding being hurt, or having see, have people see the the weak points about you, the yeah. things that you didn't that you had shame about. Yeah, you didn't want anyone to see that. Yeah, like you could on on the surface you could be talking and you're smart you have a great job and stuff but if they dig deep they're going to find out that you know they're going to not like my teeth they're going to find out I'm not very interesting they're going to think and it's all the story that we tell ourselves and I remember when you met your now husband yes yes that's recent (laughs) yes that was very exciting when I saw that that you just got married so congratulations on that especially because for one I remember you said that you thought you would never let date at all yeah and you said there's no way I'm going to get married because you didn't think that there was anybody who would find you um Enough yeah. that you would be less than and nobody would find you enough to be interested and, yeah. and want to marry you. But I remember when you met Larry yeah. because, oh, we're just friends, we're just friends. But you started talking about him in a different way. Yeah. You really started smiling. Yeah. And there was, you, there was another shift in your attitude and how you were relating to other people in the office. Yeah. Right? And you were like, and I said, well, do you think this is going to be? No, he's not interested in getting married. I'm not. No, yeah. this is, we're just friends. And, you know, we've already established our parameters yeah. about what this is. But I knew, and I told you this later, I knew there was something different about him because you were different Yeah. about how you were talking about your world and how you presented yourself to people. And you changed when you met him in a really good way. You just came you just like came alive again, like at another level. Yeah, I 
Uh, yeah, Larry. I just I, I do remember when he and I first met. I I thought I'm like I I don't think he's really looking for anything long term, and I'm not looking to convince anybody of anything. But it'll be a fun three weeks. Were you doing and that because you were trying to protect yourself? I, I think that was part of it. Yeah. But also, it's part of that. I think what I was saying before, it's like you can either avoid pain, and it's still painful, mm -hmm. or you can you can admit everything everything has an end to it, and either a, a heartbreaking one or an end because you never started, or you can't avoid it. Yeah. But again, you have to you have to start. You have to you at least have to move. Yeah. And so I think with with Larry, I think part of it was, oh, well, it would be a fun few weeks was kind of to hedge my bets a little bit. But also I remember thinking, and I think I told you, it's like, but he's still someone that I feel like I need to know. So if it's only three weeks, I'm going, who I will be at the other end of three weeks, I want, I want to know I want to know who that person is. And then it just kept going. Yeah, and it kept okay. going. And it was another week, and then it was a couple months. And then I remember two things. One, when you showed me your new car, and you showed up with this bright red car. No, it was it was, uh, it it was, was my Mazda 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's red. And, yeah. And I thought that was exciting. I just did not imagine that that was what you were going to get, right? Yeah. And then it went from that yeah. to what? Yeah, so when I met Larry, um, like pretty early on, I, I I think he actually rode his his motorcycle to our our first date. You know, that was something I'd always been interested in learning how to do. I had like a little Honda 50cc mini bike that I would zoom around on when I was like 15, 16. Never really ridden anything big, but you know, it is kind of an overwhelming thing to start to learn and to practice because it's like what well, you, you sink money in to buy a motorcycle and you don't know how to ride it you know and meeting him and us starting today he was really supportive of me learning and let me use his motorcycle to practice on and that's yeah. a huge show of trust yeah <laughs> and i you know it's like this guy i'd only been dating for six months oh here here's the keys to my motorcycle while i'm working go ahead and take it out and so yeah i ended up taking that a motorcycle safety class and I had to take it twice but yeah, I took it twice I didn't take it once and quit yeah. so. for me I was comparing it to what my baseline was when we were working together where you would stay really late at work and then you'd go home and sit on the couch with your cats go to bed get up in the morning go to work stay late and then go back home then all of a sudden you're you're out and you've got a motorcycle and you're doing yoga and you're running races and you're doing all of this stuff, right? I did. I ended up getting my endorsement. I bought a motorcycle. I started commuting into work with my motorcycle. Which I remember was, I, I saw you. I, there was a woman <laughs> on a motorcycle ahead of me. We were ahead of me. We were on the back, you know, the back road just before we turned into the garage. Uh -huh. And I remember you turned in front of me. We came in and then I realized... I think that's Jen. Yeah, because I think you asked me upstairs. my brains that you were sitting, that you were on a motorcycle. Yeah. And I was just astonished by that. And I remember I went and I taught you. I said, was, was that, that you, you? Yeah. on that motorcycle? Yeah, and you you were like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my... yeah, I have a, yeah, I'm on, yeah, that's my bike. Yeah. Like, it was no big deal. Yeah. It was a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, it was such a transition. 
Yeah. And it was actually only happening because I remember our job I had taken, I left in 2015 mm -hmm. to take a creative uh, sabbatical. Oh, right, yeah. So I wasn't seeing you every day anymore. So I went from our baseline to you making, doing these huge leaps and actually having a really exciting life, <laughs> right? And I remember when I talked to you, it was 2019, mm -hmm. and I was talking to you about, and you were still with Larry, mm -hmm. and I was talking to you about actually doing this interview with me. Yeah. And I had, I'd already had a couple people that I talked to. When I was explaining to you what it was, and I was coming at it from, I, f I found your story very inspirational that you just, you decided to change your mind and it changed your life. And mm -hmm. I wanted to tell that story to people to inspire them. Well, then there was something else that we were talking about. So along with um, kind of my teeth and my appearance and like me being convinced that's why I couldn't move forward. I'd worked for the same employer. I think by the time we talked, I was no longer there, but I had left them after 24 years. Basically, my entire my entire Correct. adult life, and the reason for that was, I I went through college graduation, but was I think five credits short of my bachelor's degree, and by the time that was an official thing, I was already working for for this okay. company, and you know it was another one of those things in my head that I can't tell anyone this. If I tell anyone this here, I'm going to get fired. Okay, I have to stop you there. I have to stop you there. Because I remember when you told me that on the phone. And I was like, Jen, <laughs> you are a senior in your job. Yeah. You are so accomplished and you're well thought of. You've been working for the company for a million years. If they find out that you put that you had a bachelor's degree, uh, and but that you were really five credits short and didn't have mm -hmm. it, they were going to be like, we're firing her. We, she'll, she's, never, she's not promotable. I was so amazed that that was the story that you had in your yeah, head. Yeah. And I said, Jen, this is not something that you have to worry about at all. And you, but even then, and this was just, what, this is 2019? You were like, no. Yeah. Uh, you were still so afraid. And I, you're like, I, I was, can't talk about well, that. Well, I mean, because my family all thought that they were at my college graduation, you know? And it's like, how can, how can you say, oh, that was just like a dress rehearsal? So, so how come you didn't have the credits? Like what happened? So there was, I think there was like one or two classes that at the time of graduation were incompletes that within like a year or so after graduation. And I, I, I had already, I, you know, I, I went to school in Indiana. I already moved out here. It wasn't like online learning. What's that? You know, yeah. that wasn't a thing. And so, again, that became a, another story that I, I told myself of, yeah, okay, well, I'm here in this job, and I'm earning a certain income. I'm, I have a certain pro career progression that if I try to go somewhere else, and I'm honest about you know, whether or not I have... I don't uh, have my bachelor's. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm honest about it, I'm not going to have the same, the same deal that I have here. So I have to stay here. So you stayed there for 24 years because you were so afraid somebody was not going to hire you with your experience because you were five credits short of your bachelor's yeah. degree. Yeah. I, so I finally did. By the time you and I talked, I'd finally left that company. And I, I mean, I really had left without like a plan B. I, at that point, I was far enough into my journey that I'm like, I'll put the real me out there and I'll take whatever it is I get. And did you get asked about it? 
No. <laughs> I, but. Well, that's, that's a shocking. Well, yeah. I, so. I'm sorry, I'm not making fun uh, Well, no, no. I, I know. Looking at the job postings, like seeing degree, degree preferred or 10 years of experience. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, I, I've got, yeah. I've got that. And honestly, Larry, at that point, like leading up to that, he didn't even know that I didn't have a degree. And I was, I was embarrassed and really ashamed to tell him about it because incredibly smart and well-read. And I was afraid he would think that I was like lazy or stupid or, or something. Well, what did he say when you told him? I didn't actually tell him up front. I had him proofread my my resume that I was gonna or my resumes that I was sent. And so he saw the bullet point about education at the the bottom where I just said, you know, here's undergrad study here these years. And he's like, what does this mean? It means I don't actually have my bachelor's. And all he said was, we should probably think about doing something about that at some point when you're ready. That's all he said. And the funny thing was, is, you know, it got to a point because I, I, at that point I, I was in between jobs and, you know, even though it was before all learning is online that we got yeah. to in, in 2020, I got an idea in my mind. Let me contact my alma mater and just see if there's a way that I can, if I can get my transcript, if I can find out my credits, you know, within 30 minutes. I had gotten in touch with an advisor. She's like, oh, you can re-enroll. She went through my transcript. Okay, this applies. We'll give you the equivalent. She's like, okay, you need three classes. Our summer quarter starts in two weeks. And hey, we're offering these classes during summer session. So yeah, I re-enrolled and went back to school. And I actually started back to school online to finish my degree the same day I started my new job. Three months later, I finished. And now you don't have to look over your shoulder no. anymore. And you know what? Now that it's happened, I don't ever think about it again. Yeah. And it's like the the number of sleepless nights and fear that that you thought somebody that, was going to find out that was that someone would think that I was a fraud. You know, because those were all the things that I, yeah. I told myself. The stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, got that degree. <laughs> well, can I tell you something too? I have come across quite a few people who have that same story. Yeah. They said they had a degree, but they were only like one, yeah, one to three, couple credits short, and they were they're working, they're in the industry, well, and some people get pulled into it. You know, they yeah. started out and they got pulled into somebody wanted them to work for them in a in a tech company, and then they got promoted, and then they went to another company, and it was just never an issue, right? Yeah. But it's the the shame of the secrets that we have, yeah, and we build them up. It starts becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and usually it's always about the baggage that we have. Or the secret we have that that's like shame or guilt. Yeah, it's like I, I look at it now and with like my degree and my teeth and my weight. And it's like I do look back at that person who believes those things. I can look at her with compassion now. When I was in it, I couldn't. How scared and ashamed and just freaking lonely and... There's a difference between being alive and thriving, and I was just alive. Can you imagine if you had not just, mm-hmm. whatever it was when you woke up the day where you decided you were going to go 
really t- uh, talk to a dentist and really figure out what you're going to do with your teeth. And when you started yoga, like when you made those two decisions, mm-hmm. because they really did change the ter- your yeah. life. They did. Mm-hmm. And they seem such like an easy thing. Yeah. But can you imagine if you hadn't done that? You hadn't done the thing. We talked about that. Just starting and just doing the thing. Right? If I hadn't done that, I, I mean, not to be too maudlin, I don't know if I would still be here. Really? It was, it was pretty dark. <laughs> it was just not good. Well, it is lonely when you're only by yourself because you're protecting yourself from pain from other people. Or rejection, supposed rejection from other people. Yeah. I'm so just, you don't try things, you don't do things because you don't want to put yourself out there. It's hard for me to imagine that. I have in my, you know, in my life lived with people or even family members who, who are kind of in the same mindset of, it's pain, it's suffering, it's shame. There's no point in trying to fix it. There's no point in trying to take one step forward because 20 steps forward is the edge of a cliff. And, you know, and really seeing kind of what a, a lifetime of that is and just... Well, sometimes you start to live with your depression. Yeah. You know, it's a form of depression. Yeah, when you get it yeah for sure. Because a lot of, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm not an expert on any of this. No. But there is some point where you think this will never change. Yeah. And you start getting used to how you feel and you think that's what life is about. Yeah. And you're, it's too hard to change. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a support system. Well, yeah. I, I was going to tell you, you know, the things that you have said to us about, about Larry, he said the most kind things to you. Yeah. And he accepted you. Yeah. And talk to you like you should have been accepting and talking to yourself. Yeah. He really is still that person. Warts and all, <laughs> you know, acceptance. Yeah. It's like, you know, even now I'll, I'll uh, say something really self-deprecating. And he's like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry you're married to such a weirdo. And he's like, I'm not sorry. Well, you know, my dad told me um, in my 20s, there will be somebody who will come into your life who will like you for all the things that you are. Yeah. And you do not need to change. It's all about how you feel about yourself and the energy project you project. And if you're being true to yourself, that energy is going to attract somebody who says, I love this person. I, I, warts and all, this is exactly the kind of person that I was looking for. You know, somebody can tell us that, but we don't believe it, right? We're always, a lot of times we shield ourselves from being rejected, of having, you know, our heart broken. So we, we worry that we're too fat, too skinny, too tall, too short, too introverted, too extroverted, too, you know, whatever it is that makes us not enough, right? And so what we do is we go out into the world and like Brene Brown says, we armor ourselves up, right? We want to make sure that we don't engage so that we don't um, open up so that somebody can hurt us. But when you shield yourself from pain, you're basically shielding yourself from having a life. You know, if you don't ex- want to have bad experiences, you end up not having any experiences. But you, which I, this is one of the reasons why I find your story so expi- inspiring, is that you just literally, you had the courage to say, and literally get up off your couch and decide that you were going to start having a life, right? You changed basically everything about how you were thinking about yourself and your place in the world. And I just, I find it amazing. So many people want to do that and they can go their whole life not doing it. Because it really wasn't a life. 
it it just I I remember when I was in the thick of it thinking I'm just taking up space I'm not doing anything and now look at you now you're doing everything I you know I, I was sitting here and I'm like I remember I wanted to tell you just like probably in the past two weeks I think was driving somewhere in my car the music was on and I'm and I had the sudden thought like god I really like my life and it and then I just had to kind of laugh I'm like who the hell are you (laughs) You know it's like where did that come from it's by it's not a huge one you know but I like it I made it I worked you know why you like your life it's because you like you yeah don't you think that is a huge thing when you finally come into your own and even when everything's not perfect, it doesn't mean yeah. that you don't have little mini crises or fires going yeah. on, but when you really get a sense of who you are and you're at peace because you know that you're trying, yeah. right? And you just feel good about who you are. Yeah. That's when life really like settles in and you have gratitude because yeah. you're not so worried about, you know, hiding the secrets, covering yeah. things up. Or you're restless because you know that you want to break out and change, but you haven't done it yet. When change is trying to happen and knock on, knocking on your door, yeah. that's when you're angry and restless and you cry and you yeah. just can't settle. Yeah. And some people just say, well, this, and they accept that, right? Yeah. What was the thing that helped you the most to keep going forward? Well, I think it was like intentionally wanting to rewrite those stories about myself. I, I think the other thing is, and, and I think it goes back to what I said. It's like there are two ways to be hurt or two ways to hurt yourself. One is to sit and do nothing. And the other is to put some resistance up against it, you know, fight against it, move forward. It's like you get to choose. Are you going to face this passively and just let it pull you under? Or are you going to... Exercise the choice in the matter that you have, or well, I mean, either one is a choice. Not choosing is a choice, it, you know. And sometimes, if you don't have the energy or the capacity, maybe that's the right choice for the time. Learn how to trust someone if you can't trust yourself. Are you talking about if somebody's having a positive dialogue with you, or is telling you things like giving you love yeah. and saying the great things about you? Trust that they are being honest and the things that they are saying are who you are. Because I think, you know, there's a tendency or was the tendency for me at a certain point where I would hear, have those interactions with other people. And if there was any kind of positive like feedback or or interaction, I would be like, well, if they really knew. And And always assuming it's you. uh, Yeah. Like always assuming what they say. Because I remember a good friend of mine said too, you know, Dana, why are you believing the, uh, you like getting reacting and being hurt by the one thing that one person said? Yeah. All these other people are loving it and giving you, you know, enthusiasm, support and saying, you know, way to go. But this one person said, oh yeah, I, I don't like that at all. And now you've, you've decided that that's who you are and that person's right when all of these, and it's because it's, that is so much easier to believe. Yeah. It's because it reflects the self-doubt that you have inside. Then on the other other side it's like this this incredible display of ego and not the hey i i I, i'm awesome but it's like this this self-focus of that your your existence and your misery is so influential to those around you that that's what they're reacting reacting to no one really gave that much of a shit 
<laughs> I know. I know. Well, no, our hang-ups yeah. are literally our hang-ups. And yeah. some people don't even, the things that you think are so big and insurmountable that are holding you back, other yeah. people don't even notice them. Yeah. They are not on their you know, peripheral, peripheral at all, yeah. right? That is the biggest takeaway, I think, yeah. from this, is that the stories that we tell ourselves to keep ourselves from hurt mm-hmm. and to keep ourselves from really having to do some self, you know, realization mm-hmm. and dig deep. Yeah. The stories that we tell ourselves become so big and they're bigger than anyone's perception. And those are the demons that yeah. hold us back, keep us from living a life fully or being curious and having discovery, which is yeah. what life is all about, right? Yeah. And once you break out of that, once you stop living in fear and trying to have a small little world so that you don't get hurt, and you get to tell your loop without anybody, yeah. you know, challenging that. Once you break out of that, you're completely changed. Yeah. Like, you'll never go back. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a given, right? Yeah. But isn't that wild that you will never go back to being that woman? Yeah, I don't think I will. I, well, no, I, there's, I, no, there's no reason I, to. And you're, I, like, you're just so far beyond that. There's more fight in me now, I think. Oh, it's yeah. like It's like, because now I it's been, it's been a practice yeah. to, like kind of ask myself so what's what's the worst thing that can happen if I try this don't you love that when you become when you're no longer risk averse yeah I truly believe that you know because people will say oh Diane you're always you know I have a thought and then I start act you know actionating right I start doing it and it's because I'm not risk averse anymore yeah I have done things that really bombed yeah like I really crashed and burned and sometimes publicly yeah I was like oh my god how am I gonna like be around people and someone's not going to bring it up or what am I, whatever. Or, you know, the next time I do something, someone's going to say, well, usually my siblings, because you know how we're so harsh with each other. (laughs) Well, you know, when you did that thing and how horrible that was, right? But because I get through them and I've had some successes, I am no longer risk averse. Like doing this, doing my best fail, right? Yeah. That is such a freeing feeling. Yeah. Is when you're no longer, you no longer have a fear of taking a risk, taking the leap, and just trying something new or trying to move into your next yeah. best self. Yeah, because it's really kind of shifting the focus from from product to process. Yeah. You know, it's or like... Or just also, it's, it's like an, an enjoyment and excitement about, I have this passion about something and I want to try it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Yeah. It's just going back to doing the thing. Do you have anything, like, on the horizon or is there anything new that you want to try? And I was curious about... Um, pottery learning that like and I you know I, I t- took a few classes I don't know if it's going to be something that's for I me but I tried it I tried it yeah. and um I want to try it again yeah. to see if it lands a little bit differently that I think that that has been something recently um one of the other things that I've kind of been toying with and this is how my mind works now I am not a strong swimmer And so I've always been a little intimidated in the water. And so I have done some research to find like a swimming instructor so I can learn to become a stronger swimmer. Because again, that is a story that I have from the time that I was a little little kid that I'm not strong enough to swim. Well, have you thought about putting that on social media? And saying I I want to do this thing yeah. and is because you know what there are a lot of people who can't swim learn yeah. to swim late or you know yeah. some some people have trauma based about water and stuff and that's yeah. why they don't even want to go in the water that's yeah. why they don't swim but some people are just not strong swimmers or they just never had to right yeah. 
I bet you if you put that on social media, you will get responses of, this is what I did. You're going to find out that there's people that are close to you, I mean, yeah. you know, in your area that can teach you how to swim. Yeah. Let social media solve that for you. Uh, yeah, I think, on, yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. I might do that. But yeah, that that's kind of the next thing that I'm, I'm in the kind of learning phases of because, again, that story going on yoga retreats and kind of being reticent to to go scuba diving or go swimming because I'm not a strong swimmer and I have gone snorkeling you know even though I'm like oh I can use a little floaty great you're going to be posting on Facebook next summer. You're going to be on a swim team. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have your go. goggles on. Yeah. And you're up on the high dive. And you're like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah. that's just kind of how you've, how your journey's been. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't want to have that story anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the, the It's next not your thing story that... anymore. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's not. It's not. I mean, you think about the people that are here, that my crew, they only know you this way. You know, they know your story now, but this is how they met you. Yeah. And I would bet that if we talk to them, you know, their stories with you, you're talking about your motorcycle and your husband, you're doing stuff. That's who, who they know you to be. Yeah. They don't know you, the Jen that was sitting in, in the office and just staying there and afraid. Yeah. So, yeah, this is who you are now. And this is, you know, going forward, except mm. for the now everybody knows your story. Yeah. But, but that's okay. <laughs> but anyways, I'm so glad that you came today because... You have, I know that you always just say, no, no, but you have one of my favorite stories. I love it. Thank you. I'm very inspired by you. Oh, thank you. And I think that other people will be as well. It's hard to imagine, but I really hope so. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, There's people that um, were in the same spot that you were in or probably halfway through the journey now or just starting their journey. And I just, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think you're awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. I need hugs. Do you have a story that needs to be told? Then send us an email at contact at mybestfell.tv if we think it's a good fit, we'll reach out. Today's episode of My Best Fell was created by cinematographer Aaron Castillo, editor Min Lee, sound Brian Binning, gaffer Billy Miller, makeup Marissa Loya, and catering by Sarah Bailey.